Chapter Twenty Eight of Joan Thursday by Lewis Joseph Vance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Macquarie. As soon as the porter had made up the lower berth in the section Joan had reserved for her sole accommodation, in spite of the strain of thrift ingrained in her nature, she retired to it, buttoned securely the heavy plush portieres, and prepared for rest by reducing herself to that state of semi-undress in which she had learned to travel by night then by the light of the small electric lamp above her pillow she turned out the contents of her handbag and counted the money she had stolen from quard the sum of it more than twenty of one hundred dollars staggered her she hadn't dreamed that quard possessed so much ready cash carefully folding the bills of larger denomination into a neat flat packet she wrapped them in a handkerchief and hid them in the hollow of her bosom secured by a safety pin to her ribbed silk undervest the remainder more than enough to cover all ordinary expenses en route to new york she disposed of more accessibly half in her handbag half in one of her stockings then extinguishing the light she lay back but not to sleep the pressure of her emotions was too strong to let her lose touch with consciousness as a general rule sleeping cars had no terrors for joan never a nervous woman her thoroughly sound and healthy organization permitted her to sleep almost at will even under such discouraging circumstances as those provided by modern railway accommodations but that night she lay awake till dawn till dawn flushed the windows with its wash of gray awake and staring wide of eye into the gloom of her section listening to the snores of conscienceless neighbors and thinking 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 endlessly and acutely but they were thoughts singularly uncolored by remorse for what she had done or fear of its consequences she was not in the least sorry she had taken quard's money she was glad the mere amount of it was proof enough for joan that her husband had lied to her about the earnings of the sketch had lied from the very beginning otherwise he could by no means have laid by so much in the term of their booking to date and for that he deserved to suffer she was only sorry he might not be made to understand how heavily he was paying for those months of deception but that was something quard would never know with the story of the bell-boy he must be content he must go through life placing the blame of his misfortune upon the heads of those nameless stick-up men of the barbary coast nor was he likely to suffer otherwise joan was confident the man would manage somehow to find his feet financially almost as soon as physically a telegram to his agent boskirk would bring him aid if all else failed the play was too constant an earner of heavy commissions for boskirk to let it fall by the wayside for lack of a few hundred dollars so was it too strong a draw on the vaudeville circuits to be blacklisted and barred by managers because of the temporary breakdown something which quard would readily explain and excuse and joan could imagine how persuasively with his moving yarn of footpads and knockout drops nor would it be more than a temporary breakdown with quard restored to his senses the absence of the leading woman would prove merely a negligible check joan entertained no illusions as to her indispensability 
once in denver when she had been out of the cast for two consecutive performances suffering with an ulcerated tooth another actress had gone on and actually read the part from manuscript without materially lessening the dramatic effect of the playlet as a whole other women by the score could be found to fill her place acceptably enough if few as handsomely joan soothed her pride with this reservation the lie would go on its conquering way without her never fear and cord joan curled a lip he wouldn't pine away for her she had come to know too well his shallow bag of tricks and life to him was not life if he lacked one before whose dazzled vision he could air his graces and accomplishments strut and crow and trail a handsome wing in the dust looking back she could see very clearly now how love had waned as soon as lust was sated in the man that night in cincinnati had been the turning point he had refrained from drink only as long as his wife continued to intoxicate his senses and joan in the stifling gloom of her curtain section the girl stretched luxuriously breathed deep and smiled a secret enigmatic smile no more than he would she waste herself away with grief and longing she was no longer another's but now her own mistress a free adventurer by the gold band upon her finger licensed to cruise with letters of mark shortly before sunrise she fell asleep still smiling and slept on sweetly well into mid-morning then rising she refreshed herself in the washroom and went to a late breakfast with countenance as clear and firm and bright as if she had never known a wakeful hour the eyes of men followed her wherever she moved and when she was seated alone in her section dreaming over a magazine or gazing pensively out of the window men discovered errands that took them to and fro in her vicinity more often than was warranted by any encouragement she gave them for she gave them none she ignored them every one she was through with man for good and all it was a brand new role and to play it diverted her immensely for the time being she spent the greater part of her waking hours during the next few days planning what she would do with all that money clothes of course figured ever first in these projections and then a suite of rooms at some ostentatious hotel and taxicabs when she went out to call on managers how many times hadn't she heard Maisie dean solemnly affirm that a swell front does more to put you in right than anything else hello lifers and again she was pleasurably diverted by a vision of herself extravagantly gowned returning to recount her odyssey to an admiring audience composed of ma edna and perhaps butch at the close of which she would distribute largesse not forgetting to return butch's loan with open-handed interest and go on her way rejoicing pursued by envious benedictions new york received her like a bridegroom clothed in april sunshine as in a suit of golden mail amazingly splendid and joyous after that weary grind of inland towns and cities differing one from another only in degrees of griminess grayness and dullness new york seemed paradise regained to joan 
she had not believed it could seem so beautiful so magnificent so sensuously seductive in the exaltation of that delirious hour she plunged madly into a department store near the pennsylvania station even before securing lodgings and bought herself a pair of cheap white kid gloves simply for the sheer voluptuousness of possessing once again something newly purchased in new york it was the beginning of an orgy joan hadn't thought how shabby and travel-worn she must seem until she donned those fresh and staring gloves and saw them in relief against the wrinkled and dusty garments she had worn across the continent thoughtful she sought a nearby mirror and looked herself over then shook her head and turned away to check her suitcase at the parcels desk and surrender herself body and mind to the sweet dissipation of clothing herself afresh from top to toe but first of all she visited the hairdressing and manicuring department she meant to be altogether spick and span before venturing forth to woo and win anew this old and misprized lover her new york it was the head saleswoman of the suit department whose remote disdain led joan deeper into extravagance the girl had selected a taffeta costume which while by no means the most expensive or the handsomest in stock possessed the advantage of fitting well her average figure requiring no alterations on paying for it she announced her desire to put it on at once and have her old suit sent home really drawled the saleswoman disappointed in her efforts to induce the girl to buy a higher-priced suit which did require alterations conjuring a pencil from the fastnesses of her back hair she produced an order-pad miss what did you say ah thursday thanks what number please is it in the city joan flushed but controlled her impulse to wither and blast this insolent animal the waldorf astoria she said quietly though never once had she ventured within the doors of that establishment and withdrew in triumph to make her change of clothing and having committed herself to this extent she enjoyed ordering everything sent to that hotel which in her as yet somewhat naive understanding was synonymous with the last word in the sybaritism of metropolitan life her long experience on the road had served thoroughly to break her in to the ways of hotels however and she betrayed no diffidence in the matter of approaching the room clerk for accommodations nor did she apparently find anything dismaying in the price she was asked to pay for a bedroom with private bath it was only when at length relieved of the attentions of the bell-boy whose unconcealed admiration alone was worth the quarter joan gave him as a tip she had inspected first her new quarters and then herself in a pier-glass that the girl gave herself over to alternate tremors of self-approval and trepidation these last were only increased when she reckoned up the money she had left and appreciated how much she had spent in that one wild afternoon of shopping on the other hand she reminded herself a complete new wardrobe was a necessity to one whose former outfit was lost beyond control quard would never have forwarded the clothing she had left behind in san francisco even if she could have found the effrontery to write and demand it and if she had expended upwards of five hundred dollars since reaching new york there was less extravagance in that than might have been suspected 
she had purchased cannily in almost every instance and at worst but few things that she could well have done without in that sphere of life to which she felt herself called the excitement of unwrapping those parcels which began presently to arrive in shoals and of reviewing such purchases as she had not worn to the hotel on her back in time completely reassured her it was with the composure of restored self-confidence and esteem that she presently went down to dinner conscious that she was looking her handsome best in a modish afternoon gown she was able to receive the attentions of the head waiter with just the proper degree of indifference to order a simple meal and consume it appreciatively without seeming aware that she dined in strange surroundings but all the while she was consumed with admiration of herself for her audacity as well as with not a little awe-strucken wonder at the child of fortune who in the space of one brief year of less indeed than that full period had risen from the stocking counter of a department store and the squalor and poverty of east seventy-sixth street to the dignity of a leading woman and the affluence of lodging at the waldorf true she now lacked an engagement but she had to support her demands for new employment the prestige of a successful season with a lie the vaudeville sensation of the year as quard had truthfully described it need she fret herself with vain questionings of an inscrutable future who had made such amazing progress in so short a time surely she was justified in assuming that the end for her was not yet that she was dedicated to some far richer and more gorgeous destiny than any she had ever conceived in her most wild imaginings she had only to watch herself she was her own sole enemy with her fondness for the admiration of men and their society let them realize that weakness and she was lost doomed to the way too many capable girls had gone to the end of infamy and despair but if only she had the wit and art to make men think her weakness theirs and that much joan was sure she possessed she believed she had learned to know man better than herself she meant to go far now a great deal farther than she had ever thought to go in those quaint far-off days when the crown of her ambition had been to paint her pretty face wear silken tights upon her pretty legs and beat a drum in the chorus of Ziegfeld's Follies. End of chapter 28